Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 5, Episode 2 of the Drone to 1K podcast. I am your host, David Young. Thanks so much for tuning in. Obviously, we have started Season 5 since this is the second episode. Many people have been asking when we were going to come out with another season, and here we are. So we, we have already recorded most of the episodes for this season. We have a few to wrap up, but there will be 10 episodes, uh, just like in previous seasons. And I like this season because we have a, a good diversity of backgrounds in the speakers. We have some people that have engineering backgrounds, some people that have do FPV, some people that are in mapping, some real estate, some agriculture, a good mixture to learn from to get different perspectives and uh, to hopefully get some new ideas. If you're thinking about starting a drone business or you have one or you just like drones in general and you want to see what's out there, what the opportunities are, uh, that's what this podcast can provide. If you're not familiar with the Drone to 1K podcast, we essentially have a threshold. You have to be making at least $1,000 a month consistently with your drone business to be eligible to come on. And we've had people on the podcast that are making several hundred thousand dollars per year and some people that are just over the threshold. So we try to give you a good wide range of income levels, experience levels, industries, uh, to see, so you can see all the different ways uh, to monetize drone use, whether it's a side hustle, full-time income, so you know what your options are and what it might take for you to get there if that's something that you aspire to. I know a lot of people listen to this podcast and are like, David, it's my goal to one day get to $1,000 a month so I can be on the podcast. So I really hope you do get there and you can message me david at dronelaunchacademy.com, and I can get you on here. Before we dive in, uh, well, actually, let me just tell you briefly, today uh, we have a great guest, uh, Eric Hellinger. He is an FPV pilot. He does like indoor FPV, first-person view, um, like drone tours. Really, really cool. If you've ever seen the videos where the drone's like flying through windows and underneath the uh, couch and in all these little tight, small spaces, and you're wondering, how in the world did they ever get that video shot? Um, Eric is the guy who's out there doing those shots, and he brings a really cool um, episode today giving you his, you know, his whole background and how he got into that and how he's doing now. So we'll, dump it, we'll jump into that, and I'm very excited for it. But I wanted to briefly tell you something I'm really excited about that we have just launched. If you listened to the last episode, you heard um, Dusty Jolly. Uh, he's out in Arkansas, and he's a drone pilot. He does some FPV stuff, some mapping stuff, and some other kind of general uh, media production work. He is now our new community manager at our drone launch community, which we're calling Drone Launch Connect. I have I've been really excited. This we've we've been trying to launch this for about a year, or we've been had this had this idea for a little over a year to launch this. We've been trying to find the right person, uh, figure out what should go in it, how it should work, and and hammer out all the details. But we finally launched it. Um, if you're interested in checking that out, I'm just real quick going to tell you it's dronelaunchconnect.com. That'll take you to a page where you can check it out. You can join for a whole month for just a dollar. There is stuff in there from um, discounts on your drones. You can get like 7% off basically of any major drone brand for the most part, and then 10% off almost any drone accessories. Uh, so we have a, that process laid out in there. Uh, we're going to have experts come on. So a lot of the podcast guests that you're hearing, you're going to be able to talk to them in the community. A lot of them are just going to be in the community as members, but we're also going to bring them on for like special Q&A sessions where we can bring you on live on the call to ask them questions one-on-one, -on -one, or if you'd rather just type it out, we can ask it. It just gives you some more personal and direct access to experts that we'll find. We've got drone attorneys lined up, insurance people lined up, um, the different podcast guests lined up. So you got a lot of industry expertise and different levels of, you know, some are six-figure drone business owners. Now we've got some seven-figure drone business owners in there. So it just gives you a lot of resources to be able to access these experts. Plus, you can just 
network and meet people in the community. We're going to have hangouts, contests. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about just being a part of it. I'm kind of glad that I don't have to uh, manage it full time because I just want to be a participant. But Dusty is going to be our community manager in there. So you want to check that out, dronelaunchconnect.com. It's a dollar to start. For this week, the founding member rate is $19 a month. Um, then after that, I think it's going to go up to $29 a month. But you should be able to get your first month for just a dollar. If for some reason you can't find that, email support at dronelaunchacademy.com. Just tell them you listen to the podcast, episode two, season five. And that David said you could get it for a dollar for the first month, and uh, they'll make that happen. All right, so I just wanted to get that out of the way just because I was really excited about it, and I know a lot of people that are on this podcast or listening to this podcast would be interested in checking that out. Like always, if you want a free T-shirt, you can leave us a review, screenshot your review of the podcast, email it to us, david at dronelaunchacademy.com, and Jorge, J-O-R-G-E, at dronelaunchacademy.com, and uh, we'll get you a shirt. Last thing, more stuff for you, really. If you want some drone launch swag, we have the two truths and a lie game. So if you go click the link either in the email or around this video, if you're watching on YouTube, you answer one question about this podcast after you listen to it, and you can win some free swag or a free course, um, just a way to reward our listeners for listening to it within the first week it comes out um, and just kind of give you some cool stuff. So check that out if you want. All right, sorry, I was a longer intro than normal today. Very excited to introduce Eric. Let's get into the chat. All right, everyone, I have with me on the podcast today, Eric Hellinger of Vivid Flight Media. Eric, thanks so much for uh, coming on. Yeah, Dave, thanks for having me. Yeah, you are my very first interview for season five of the Drone to 1K podcast. So I'm super pumped to be back in the saddle here again, talking to more drone pilots. So uh, so congrats on being the very first, very first of season five. <laughs> awesome. Um, and Eric knows how the spiel's go, spiel goes. He's listened to the podcast before. I always like to start off by getting people's background and story. Like, hey, how did you first get into drones? Like, when did you first touch a drone? When did you first start kind of dabbling in drones? So you want, why don't you walk us through that a little bit? So I started dabbling in drones uh, January of 2021. So it's been a little bit over a year for me. So okay. it hasn't. So, so pretty it hasn't recent. Been, it hasn't been that long. I've, I've known yeah. about them. Uh, sure prior uh but i didn't really consider it as a career until then uh actually one of the first things that i stumbled upon was alex harris's videos which led me to okay. drone launch which led me to the podcast so that was kind of a great intro awesome. to, to everything you know as a as a beginner you know yeah that's great and so what so you were you were just peeking around thinking about drones started googling stuff on youtube what what were you doing at the time where you were like i need to get into drones well, I, uh, I've been, I've been in, uh, sales jobs, you know, and I was at the time, oh, well, for all of pretty much the second half of 2020, I was kind of looking for like a, a different route, you know, something that I can do, uh, something that's more enjoyable, things like that. And, uh, basically I saw, you know, like some of the capabilities with drones and initially I was, um, you know, very interested in doing the the Mavic, uh, Mavic and Phantom and doing real estate and mapping and things like that. I saw a lot mm -hmm. of, uh, practical use for that, you know, and mm -hmm. like thermal imaging, all kinds of different applications. Like, you know, I'm sure everybody knows, like there's like law enforcement and all kinds of stuff like that you can use. So, uh, so I knew that there was a market for it and I also knew that I could do it well. So basically I, uh, I just started diving into that and learning everything I could just basically being a sponge for, uh, you know, every single day, all day long. 
Uh, you know, just watching YouTube videos, watching, you know, Alex Harris's videos. I took the aerial video A to Z course, awesome. uh, which was extremely, extremely helpful uh, because I don't have a film background or anything like that. Uh-huh. So I was pretty much square one. And so that helped me kind of uh, understand like settings and things like that, like the basic stuff that you need to get going, you know, to yep. get you out there in the field. Yeah. Um, so that was great. And I also took some other courses as well, um, you know, for editing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, first drone I picked up was the Mavic 2 Pro. Uh, okay. I was going back and forth between that and the Phantom, Phantom 4, and they're both great. You know, I like yeah, things about both of them. Yeah. The Phantom 4 has great color, uh, but the portability of the Mavic 2 made me good with that one. So, yeah. um, that's what I started. That's kind of how it all began. Okay. Awesome. And then what was your original, you said you had talked, you thought about, you know, real estate mapping, all these different things. When you were getting into this and you bought a drone, did you have like a goal starting off? Like, all right, I'm going to try to start a business and make X amount of dollars, or you're just going to do it for fun at first. What was kind of your plan? Uh, well, my, my plan was to absolutely start a business and make money as, as soon as possible. You know, that was, that was my goal. Um, were you trying to get out of, you know, the sales stuff you were doing basically? It, yeah, pretty much. You know, I wanted to, you know, be an entrepreneur, be my own boss kind of deal. And, uh, turns out it was a good decision. Awesome. So real quick, let's do this. How about, so we got the very beginning. Why don't we fast forward to the the very end? You kind of tell us about like how things have been going lately and then we'll kind of, we'll fill in the middle, uh, for the rest of the interview. So Give us a little like snapshot. If you were to meet me randomly in public and I was like, oh, Eric, cool. What do you do? Like, tell me about your business. Okay. Well, uh, things are going great. I, uh, I couldn't be more thrilled with how much progress I've made in, uh, in, in the past year. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, I, I fly FPV drones for a living. Uh, I, I create amazing dynamic content and everybody seems to enjoy and is very, very happy with uh, the work that I do. So um, that's that's pretty much in a nutshell. Like I, I, like I said, I started with the Mavic stuff and I still, maybe that's about 10% of my, of my income now and 90% mm-hmm. is just FPV. Gotcha, um, all FPV. So are yeah. you, what's, what's a common like FPV job for you if someone's wondering? I mean, we'll, We'll link up to all your stuff so people can can check it out, like some of your social profiles and some of your videos and stuff. But just if someone's just listening on audio right now and they're not really familiar with FPV, FPV is first person view. So it's like when you're looking, mm-hmm. you know, like all the cool, like think about a racing drone and stuff or drones that fit through small spaces. But like yeah. what would be a job some someone would call you for? Uh, well, it's a difficult question because I've found myself in so many different places. I found myself in a preschool in a uh, at music festivals at uh, restaurants you know all different types of stuff uh, so but I think I if I had to pick one I would say mostly it's for indoor tours of mm-hmm. businesses uh, you know all different types of businesses it's not specific which is very good for me because it's not specific to any one niche or genre of business so mm-hmm. I, for example, like uh, last month, I did a, a fly-through type job at a um, testing laboratory, a metallurgical testing laboratory, where they test metals, and they wanted something yeah. that could, they could market to uh, potential 
future employees. They could use it at trade shows and things like that. Just something really attention grabbing for their yeah. business. So yeah. um, I think the genre of work being the fly through, uh, the indoor stuff is probably mm-hmm. what I do most, but it's not specific mm-hmm. to any one style of business, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's a really... And again, if you're listening to this and you're not, you're, you don't know exactly what we're talking about. If you've ever seen, you know, like a drone that's like flying and it's like comes super close to objects and like they'll like fly through a car window as they're going through a door and then they'll like circle around some other thing that looks like you don't know how they're not hitting it, but they're like sneaking through little spots. Um, those are usually really good FPV pilots doing those um, jobs. So if you're listening, like, what is that, you know? It's very, it it's very dynamic. Yeah. I could actually put one up on the screen if they, if you want it for the people that do have a video. Uh, sure. Yeah, go for it. That's a good idea if you're watching on YouTube and stuff. So this is typically what I use a lot for the indoor stuff. Uh, it uh-huh. has prop, prop guards on it, which uh-huh. make it very safe for flying around people, uh, close to expensive things, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, is that a question you get from clients? Like, are you going to crash into my stuff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, they definitely... They're definitely interested in, in that. And a lot, of, a lot of people don't know that this is still relatively a new thing. So they don't even know mm-hmm. that this, uh, most people don't know it's possible to do some of these things. So like, yeah. I have to like show them like, this is what's possible. And then they're like, oh, that's, I want that. That's amazing. You know? So yeah. You're educating them, which I feel like is half the battle in a lot of the drone industry stuff, right? People are not even aware of half the stuff that that can be done. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's with, with every angle of the, the drone industry, you know, even yeah. with uh, outdoor real estate stuff and mapping and all that, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's still pretty new. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, I don't want to give, we'll come back to it. I don't want to give too much of it away, but I at least wanted people to get a picture of where you are now and yeah. then where we're heading. So, all right. So let's rewind back a little bit. So yeah. you bought a Mavic 2 Pro, you thought maybe I'll dabble in some real estate. This mm-hmm. was 2021. So like, so just for people who have a reference right now, we're recording this, it's February, 2022. So this yes. was like just over a year ago, you got your first Mavic 2 Pro. Like, how did you, what was your strategy on getting started? Well, my, well, first and foremost, I did a, a lot of uh, practicing on my own. Uh, I got, I got the Mavic probably, I think it was first week of February. So there was snow on the ground. I'm from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. you know, I was flying it in the cold, uh, and basically, I was just kind of following the steps that I learned in some of the courses, you know, put together, uh, put together a reel, try to make a town reel, that kind of deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then share it on YouTube and social media and stuff like that and see if uh, people are interested in it and maybe if they want to license the footage. So I was just kind of getting as much footage as possible locally in hot spots around town. Um, and also that serving two purposes, one, because potentially licensing footage and two, uh, so I have something in a portfolio so that I could show to potential clients that I pitch later. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I got that built up and I had a decent portfolio, I first first started out with um, going into real estate uh, and contacting real estate agents. I've always been really good at uh, networking and, you know, kind of cold calling, things like that. I did a lot of, I did a fair amount of in-person cold calling, uh, around town. So real estate companies, uh, things like that. What does in-person cold calling look like? You're just walking up, knocking on doors. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I, like I said, I had sales experience. I had sales experience. So, uh, pretty used to that. So I'm no stranger. So that that didn't bother you just walking up and start just, you know, 
Walking no, no, no shame. And then leave a, leave a business card, that kind of deal, you know, and mm-hmm. you know how that goes. Some people are receptive to it and others, you know, they just want you to get out of there. Yeah. Um, and then, did that, uh, did that work at all? Did you get any, did you get any clients from doing that? Just walking in places and introducing yourself? Uh, you know, I did not get any clients from the cold calling, but I definitely got some clients from the emailing stuff I did reaching out to realtors okay. that way. So that seemed okay. to be more effective um, as a way to would, like contact them, you know, and because and, then they could see yeah. the services and everything possible that sure. way. When you uh, were doing the kind of the cold email outreach, what was your approach there? Are you where were you finding where were you finding people to email? And what were you saying to them? Um, let's see. I was saying, uh, basically, well, how I would find them, I would look up a, I'd try to find a hub for realtors. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, I'd look up Howard Hanna, and I'd look up, oh, actually, and I would do that, and I would try to find like a list of their realtors and their contact info, but I'd also just go on Zillow uh, yep. or on any site that's selling houses and get contact info from there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was kind of trying to stay in, you know, the more expensive range, like 500K or above, because I know that that means they have a bigger budget, you know, and they could probably sure. afford, you know, drone service and video editing, that kind of deal. Um, so that was, that was pretty much just emailing like constantly pretty much for like the first month. And I probably yeah. said, oh, I don't know, 300, 400 emails to different realtors. I don't know. It was a lot. Were you like, Hey, here's what I can do if you want to ever link up or hire me. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I did a couple, um, so what I did, I went to some relatives' houses, uh, my parents' house, and I essentially did everything that I would do for a realtor. Nice. I put together yep. photos. I put together I, the entire package. I made the video, Sweet. edited it, color graded it, all of that stuff. And then I used that as a portfolio link in the emails that I was sending to the realtor so they had something to see. Yeah. And then sure enough, when you do that, when you have an example of the work you can do, you definitely get responses, you know? Yeah. Nice. That's very smart. Very smart. And, you know, it's something we encourage people to do before is like, you got to have something to show because their first question in their mind is if you get contact is, well, first off, who is this person? And are they any good at what they're saying they can do? And so instant, right. instant proof right there, which is nice. Right. I, uh, right. I also, I also did, uh, ex- utilized droners.io and, okay. and drone base as well. Right. And I got a few jobs from that. Uh, in the beginning. Okay. Uh, but those are, you know, those are relatively hit or miss. Um, it depends how much, you know, I think, yeah. I think it honestly depends on the location that you're in, whether or not those are going to be enough to kind of support yourself. I would say pretty universally. I've heard that it's not really, it's kind of a, it's good supplement or it's a good way to like get paid to get some portfolio jobs. But I haven't really heard of anybody who's making a living off of it necessarily. Now I have heard of people say maybe, you know, with droners, maybe they meet a client and then they do kind of recurring work for them, like off the platform later or something like that on an ongoing basis. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I've heard it's, it's, it's a good way to, it's a good way to kind of get your, get your feet wet and meet some people and get some practice into. So, um, Definitely. awesome. So you started doing real estate stuff, um, got a couple hits with some realtors. Did you like, did you remember when you got your first paying job? Uh, yeah, actually I do. Uh, it was, it was a realtor. Uh, she was about an hour away from me. I, 
you know, and I had no idea what to price, how to, how to do pricing, things like that, you know? So uh -huh. I was definitely learning as I go. I was just kind of faking it till you make it that kind of deal. You know, uh -huh. I knew, I knew it was a good, a good plan. And I just, I, I just told myself, I was just going to see it through and just keep yeah. going. Uh, so I didn't charge very much. Uh, I think actually I have it up right here, $275 to the first okay. real estate. <laughs> and, what, <laughs> and, so, what were you, and what were you doing? Uh, for and that was, that, was two, that was two hours probably on site and then probably another three or four hours of editing, you know? So that okay. was like a, almost a full day. Yeah. And, you know, and now... I don't know. Now I'm close to, I'm around 1500 or 2k for a full day of work now. Oh, so wow. awesome. So that's, it's quite the jump, but like I said, and that's just I a year of, and that's just a year of work that, I mean like that, that you've come that far in just about a year's time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, and that's a whole nother thing, like the pricing and stuff that I'm sure we can get into. Yeah. People love to ask about pricing. So I'm sure we can talk more about that. Um, yeah. All right. So what was the job where you, you said you were shoot, was it just video or are you doing pictures for them too or what? Uh, pictures and video, uh, just a house okay. she was selling. Uh, it was near the lake. So it was nice. Uh, I think it put together, I think she just wanted outdoor photos and it was just all around the house at different, different heights. I think we did a hundred feet and 200 feet. Uh, okay. we couldn't really go lower than that because there's a lot of trees around, but, mm -hmm. um, I think it was a total of 15 photos. And then I put together about a two minute video. And I, I mean, I still have the video on my, on my YouTube and it looks great. Like I, I'm still proud of that work. It was good. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, were you doing, pursuing more real estate after that or kind of walk us through where it went from there? Cause we're moving somehow into FPV stuff. So I'm interested in how, how we get there. So what's next after, are you doing, are you doing more real estate jobs after this or what happened after that gig? Um, uh, I did, I did a total of two real estate jobs. I ultimately decided that the amount of uh, work I was getting based on the amount of time I was putting into reaching out to the realtors was mm -hmm. not very efficient. So I kind of started to look for other ideas. I had a couple of droners jobs then. And then, um, so I was kind of like searching, you know, for a way to going into, different markets okay so i started hit con contacting construction companies uh for like mapping jobs and things like that i, I started contacting um marketing companies you know uh even uh tourism agencies out of cleveland and things like that you know offering them pictures i, I from the very beginning i was utilizing instagram a lot I, I would basically take photos and i would edit them and make them look really nice to uh, try to reach clients that way to get attention on Instagram and things like that. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, so essentially, I started to recognize that I had to adjust my strategy after about a month of the the realtor thing. Uh -huh. And uh, I don't know, I don't remember what video it was. I saw something FPV. I think it was a Johnny FPV video, um, and he's like one of the top FPV pilots in the world. And, uh, I saw that and I just like, I don't know, it was just like an epiphany. It like immediately just made me change gears, uh, because I've always been very good with, uh, I've always had very good reaction time and I've been good with my hands and things like that. And I was like, I know I can do this. And I think this is probably going to be pretty marketable as well as mm -hmm. the other stuff I'm going to. So I think I'm going to like, kind of just divert my, uh, attention to this. And I just kind of stopped and uh, started studying FPV stuff for the next, I think it was like 
probably three months of wow. just nonstop learning how to build, learning, because I was immediately intrigued by it, like the fact mm-hmm. that you can strap a camera, any type of camera you want, you know, from a GoPro all the way to like a Komodo to an FPV drone, which is amazing. And you can set it doing flips and all kinds of stuff. So, and flying inside was, was like a, like a huge thing for me. I didn't even know that. And then shortly after that, of course, the bowling alley video that everybody knows about came out and he was flying through the bowling alley and everybody lost their mind over that. So that was just like more reinforcement. Like I need to, you know, figure out how to do that because that's really marketable for me. Um, If somebody hasn't seen the bowling alley video, you want to describe it and we'll try to link it up too. Yeah, so basically the bowling alley video is, um, it was shot by a guy named, uh, well, he goes by Jaybird Films on uh, Instagram, and it's Jay Christensen. And basically what he, what he did was he started, the shot opens with the drone flying along the street, and then it zooms in, drone flies through the front door of the bowling alley after someone opened it for the drone, and then the drone proceeds to go through the bowling alley, uh, all around, even behind the area where the pins sit, you know, he was flying mm-hmm. all these little tiny places, you know, which is really cool and dynamic. And basically it was like an entire tour of the whole place. Uh, and they added sound design, they added sound cues and music and things like that to make it feel lively. And then I think it was about a minute long. So basically toured the whole bowling alley in about a minute and it was super cool and super engaging. Uh, I remember so, watching it thinking like, I don't know how in the world a drone is fitting into these places. I know if it's just like more zoomed than it may appear, but I'm just like, how is this possible that this drone is like squeezing (laughs) through some of these spots? You're trying to find the trickery in it, you know, like, is that real or did they fake that? What is that? Yes, it definitely has that like, you're just like watching it. Like, and a lot of these FPV videos, like, how's that possible? Like you, there's another one I saw where someone's walking along. This is not the bowling one, but somebody's walking along with like a cart and there's like a pipe on it and the uh-huh. drone just goes whoosh, like right through this pipe and i'm just like the pipe looks so small in the video and i'm just <laughs> yeah. like how is it how in the world did this drone fit through there but yeah it's pretty it's pretty wild a lot of these videos which i think is part of the draw to it right yeah yeah it's it's great uh it just grabs attention you know and uh, yeah, it's definitely, yes. a, definitely a, a kind of a trend right now um yeah, so I saw that and uh, just start. I, I was doing, like I said, about three months of just nonstop learning, uh, learning how to mm-hmm. build, build them, uh, learning how to how to fly. Basically, I started flying these. I started in a simulator, which you can, you know, there's a four or five different simulators that you can download. Um, Is there one that um, you recommend that you've used? Yeah, uh, I think personally, I really enjoy Liftoff Simulator. Uh, okay, and you can get that on Steam on the, on the PC. And basically what you do is you will, you have to buy a controller that would fly FPV and you plug that into your computer, um, Mm -hmm. via USB and then you can fly. And it's very, very close to flying the real thing. It's maybe, you know, physics are good. The physics are good. Yeah. And it definitely gets you started to the point where like, if you were to buy an FPV drone and just try to fly it without the simulator, I think you would end up probably destroying some drones like Mm. you know even me when i first started after you know a couple months in the simulator like non-stop couple months in the simulator i even crashed the real drone the first one i had i you know i crashed a bunch you know because it's it's all 
yeah now when you're crashing these <laughs> when you crash the drones and i'm not saying you're crashing them now maybe you crash one every once in a while but um <laughs> are you are they to where because you know like say you have a a mavic 2 pro right and you crash that let's say you break the camera on or something like that i mean typically those are more costly to repair than it's worth you know what i mean like on the drone um with fpv since a lot of it you're building anyways is are the parts a little more interchangeable or if you kind of mess something up you can replace just that piece and fix it yourself or how does that work when you when you're crash when you end up crashing yeah uh well i could put it this way i i did crash the mavic 2 once and basically the motor stopped spinning mm -hmm. uh so there was an issue with the motor and i had to i had the dji care refresh okay and i had to send it into them it ended up costing me like 250 dollars mm -hmm. um whereas I've crashed my, the first one I had, I probably crashed 20 times. I've broken an arm on it, uh, had to replace an arm, you know, and total cost to fix that $15, you know, mm, like, yeah. uh, an entire arm, uh, the motors cost 20 bucks. So you have to have a little bit of know-how, uh, mm -hmm. and by know-how, I really just mean soldering. Uh, you just have to know how to solder and then you can pretty much put the, put it together, you know, like well, you you'd have to know like what to buy and where it goes uh, and how it connects and stuff. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. that's, so that's part of the reason why what you just said there, that's part of the reason why it took me, you know, a few months to figure it out because, sure. uh, I mean, they've made some progress in the FPV industries, you know, and they have some bind and fly drones where you can just buy them now and you don't have to build or anything like that, which is great. But, you know, even then, it's still not as user-friendly as, you know, just buying a DJI or buying the DJI FPV. You still mm -hmm. have to, uh, you still have to know, you know, a little bit of what you're doing. You have to know a little bit about the, the architecture of the drones and stuff like that. Because, like, when it comes down to it, if you don't know what you're doing, I mean, you could get some, like, someone could get hurt. You know, there's, you're flying like a five pound thing through the air and it's metal, you know, and the Cinelift, yeah. the heavy ones are 15 pounds. So mm. that you really got to know what you're doing. Um, so it's good. I, I think I always recommend people to definitely do their, do their research. There's a couple of YouTube channels that I recommend uh, checking out uh, that really, really helped me get going on it. Uh, yeah. And one being uh, Joshua Bardwell's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, that okay. is a that is a wealth of information. He's uh, an FPV genius. Like he, he calls himself the FPV know-it-all, and he really does. <laughs> he, he does. He does know everything uh, about it. And you know, it's a really great resource. Uh, that's probably my number one go-to if I have even to this day, if I have any issues, um, you know, with my drones or my setup or anything like that. What was his name again? We'll link his it up. Name is Joshua Bardwell. Um, Joshua like Bardwell with a D. Yeah, B A R D W E L L. Cool. Uh, nice. That would that would be the the guy there. Nice. So you're flying. So let's go back to kind of your story a little bit. Um, so you study up. You're like real estate for you. Too much squeeze for the juice. <clears throat> you know, you're in it like it's not maybe not worth pursuing um in, mm -hmm. you know your situation so you're like i'm gonna try to take a more unique approach got the fpv <laughs> you just start practicing now while you're doing all this are you still doing like a sales job or are you just like coasting on some savings or what, what was your what was your kind of situation uh, no I, honestly i was just coasting on savings at the point really? um, because i was uh i was not very working very much because of the COVID thing mm-hmm 
So I was getting a little bit because of COVID, uh, but uh, coasting off savings. And that was kind of like my decision there to find something new because I had some time. And, mm. you know, because I knew I knew that it would get back to normal at some point and, uh, and you know, they were going to need, you know, salespeople and stuff. So uh, I just kind of, it was kind of like, like crunch time. Like I needed to figure something out or I was going to go back to what I was doing. And, yeah, know, I kind of wanted to do something new. So, yeah. Now, are, were you, did that make you, I'm just diving a little bit of entrepreneurship psychology here because a lot of people, you know, it's, they're pretty fearful of, um, leaving a job or something like that or you know it's like oh this is kind of my security blanket i mean even when i was doing left my job to do drone launch right it's i did it on the side for a while i got it going and then i left to do it full time it was stressful at first because you know it's a little margins are a little thinner for yeah. you when you you know were you're coasting on savings you're learning how this stuff was that like a stressful time at all being like oh i don't know if it's gonna work and how long is the savings gonna last or were you pretty confident like no nah, i'll get i'll figure it out uh, there was a little bit of talk in the back of my mind about it. I'm, I've always been a risk taker, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm also like a very big advocate for, uh, having a positive mental attitude and, mm -hmm. and just knowing what you want to do, set, laying out the proper steps and the goals and then the micro goals involved in the bigger goals to kind of get you to where you want to be. So I knew that my method was good and I knew that, uh, mentally that I would be okay for sure. Mm -hmm. So, and the financial stuff, I, I was just confident that it, it was going to work out. Um, you know, and I, and I still, to this day, I'm still applying a lot of that stuff. Uh, you know, cause I mean, my goal, you know, my goal is to get to, I don't know, six figures at least this year. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, and you can't really do that if you're if you're not putting in the hours, if you're not, you know, every day, you know, working on your business in some way, shape or form, whether it's networking with clients, like you have to put the time in like it doesn't like I said, the positive mental attitude thing, that's that's a piece of the equation. But right. you can't just have that because that's not going <laughs> to get you, the, you know. That's Wait a minute! Just, I can't think my way to success, <laughs> Eric. Are you sure? No, no. I mean, and that's kind of like that's why these uh success coaches and stuff sometimes get a bad rap, but th yeah. they need to say that they're only giving you maybe like 20%, 33%, let's say of the equation, you know, it's a part yeah. of it. But I, but I will say, you know, just from starting a business and having other little side hustles before it is really hard to have the gumption and motivation to take action. If you don't have the positive mental attitude to begin with, like if you're coming at it from like a, this isn't going to work what oh, am I yeah. doing? Blah, blah, blah. If you get in that, if you get wrapped up in that mode, it just like kills your motivation and you're not going to do anything. So you almost have to be, I don't know, I tell this to my wife, you almost have to be like delusionally optimistic about what you're doing to like get yourself fired up enough to go out and act like it's a hundred percent going to work. Even if there's, you know, risk involved in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's, uh, I completely agree with that. I, I couldn't agree more. It, I mean, it's kind of the fake it till you make it thing. I mean, that's like, I know I've said that before, but it's just, just have a plan and kind of, uh, follow through with it, you know, and, yeah. stay, and stay on track as much as you can. Yeah. And I loved your comment about when you said the micro goals too. I think that's really good. Cause I mean, even that's something I struggle with, right? You're like, Oh cool. Here's what we're going to do. You set some goals, you set some plans, but you like, you got to break it down into, like, what am I doing 
this afternoon that is going to get me to what I need to do this week, this month to help me figure out, you know, what I'm going to do, right? Yeah, precisely. Uh, just the little things, you know, you have, you have your big goal and you break it down into something that's more manageable on a daily basis, but everything that you're doing on a daily basis is with that larger goal in mind or leading you to that. Exactly. So that's, yeah. uh, that's 100% an effective way to, um, you know, cause, cause a lot of people, they set the goals, but they don't really design a way to get to them or the goal mm -hmm. is so long-term that it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. So I think that's a yeah. good, a good thing to implement. Yeah. Can you give any type of, I mean, I'm putting you on the spot, but can you give any type of specific examples of like, Hey, you've got your long-term goal. Like what are you doing right now? Kind of like on a day-to-day -day basis, that's kind of part of your plan to get you to your goals. Like what does your day look like? Uh, well, uh, contacting a, a lot of different companies in, in all different locations. Uh, so one of my goals is to, uh, uh, to work with larger globally recognized companies and things like that. Uh, so basically my plan to get to that point is to, so, uh, I've had great success on the local level. Uh, so I'm working into the next level, which is regional, you know, national stuff. So doing some traveling, things like that. So, so for the past, like, I don't know, month or two, you know, I've been contacting companies, media houses, media production agencies, all different types of stuff, uh, across the country, you know, offering, offering services, just chatting with them, you know, just, uh, reaching out and, uh, getting acquainted, things like that. Cause I don't have any prior connections. I don't, I'm not, I don't have any ins in the film industry or anything like that. So basically I'm reaching out to companies on the national level and, uh, and basically that is kind of the next step to get me into globally recognized companies like Red Bull and, uh, yep. National Geographic and Discover, you know, I have a whole list of them on my computer. I have to pull it up like, uh, of the companies that, so it's good to be specific in, in your, your goals and stuff too. So I know exactly yeah. which companies that I want to work with and, you know, any, any kind of ends I can get along the way is definitely a, a, a positive, um, yeah. you know, approach. I, I love that being really specific. Like you had a list, right? I want to Red Bull, National Geographic, this, this, this. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's, I think it's probably like 20 of them on there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So I'm in the in-between spot right now. I'm, uh, I had, like I said, I had success locally working on national. Uh, I just was in LA shooting a music video. Um, oh, that's I'm cool. Going to Vegas in May. I got Georgia in March. So my, it's working. Yeah. You're um, branching out. I'm getting, yes. I'm getting out of, uh, getting out of Cleveland a little bit, getting away from the snow, which is great. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. So, so the plan is working in, in that regard for that particular kind of goal that's great now i want to rewind i feel like I, we we jumped forward a little bit too because we I got, I got excited about talking about goal setting and, and all mm -hmm. that stuff so you were learning fpv stuff you did simulator time a lot of simulator time you started flying you crashed a little bit i want to hear about how you went from sounds like you, you were building up skills to feel confident about what you're doing did you yeah. take the same approach where you're like i'm gonna you know, film some, I guess you said you filmed around, filmed around town and stuff, um, to get some footage together. I'm trying to remember if that was for the real estate stuff or is that, for, was the, that for the FPV the stuff? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was for the, um, 
initially what I did, like doing put yeah. together a reel. Yeah. Right, right. But when you're getting into the FPV stuff and trying to dive into that world, um, how did you kind of break in there? What was your first gig in the FPV world? So I needed something to be able to show people. And I was basically, and I, I didn't even really try to like pitch the idea because I couldn't, I couldn't like explain it, you know, like, like just in, in text, like it's something that has to be seen. So basically I went to a, a local restaurant in my hometown and I talked to them in person. I got a hold of the right contact uh, to talk to um, at the restaurant who manages the restaurant. And it's a, it's a nice, you know, it's, it's two floors, you know, it's a nice place. And uh, I was like, Hey, I, I need something for my portfolio uh, because this is, this is what I'm doing. And uh, I offered it to him for free. And, you know, that was some advice I got from the aerial video A to Z course, you know, mm -hmm. do something, do a couple things for free. You know, you know, it's not the best thing, but you will get your portfolio. You will, you get some content for your portfolio. You'll network with some people, things like that. Uh, so I did that restaurant video for free. Uh, it took me, it took me about an hour on site and they, and that, you know, I probably would have did another take, I think, but they only had from nine to 10 AM. So I was basically, hmm. you have to fly through this, this do a full tour in, you know, in an hour, you know, and I did three takes and the third take was the best one. And then I took it home. I edited it all up. I spent, I don't know, maybe eight or so hours editing it and I put oh, wow. sound effects in it and everything. Um, and then, uh, I, I released it and they, you know, and it was just like a gift for them. You know, they were appreciative that they didn't have any creative direction in it. Cause I, you know, cause it was free. So I basically was able to do whatever I wanted with it and they loved it. And basically that video got like, I don't know, 20,000 views in like uh, two days on Facebook. Wow. Uh, so, and that, and for me, that was like a, a sign because I'm used to posting videos and getting like 50 views, you know, mm -hmm. like of me, of just, you know, that's kind of been, <laughs> I'm not like a popular, a super popular person. Okay. So when I see like 17,000 views or 20,000 views in two days, I'm like, that's okay, there has, there has to be something to this. Okay. So, and then, um, and then I started to get some more local jobs because that local reach. So basically I started in my, my hometown and that branched out to nearby cities and then it finally got to like Cleveland and stuff like that. And then I was getting calls from them. So it's like um, that that first video really started to, you know, just give me some organic work. Uh, some, mm -hmm. you know, people just kind of contacting me at that point. And I still hadn't had pricing figured out because I just did something for free. Yeah. So you know, I was still not, I was still like undercharging by a lot. Sure, at this point, sure. You know, for something Which that is took understandable me, when you're first starting out, you know, like you're still feeling out how people will respond when you hit them with a price and you know like it's some testing yes and i used to and i would beat myself up about that you know i would be like wow did i i really just kind of i was nervous about it so i i you know i i was like i should have charged more should have charged more that kind of deal you know and that and then you know it ended up being okay yeah um so yeah so that was that's kind of how that started like in the in the, that first month and that was that was June of last year, actually. Wow. It was June 2nd. So that, wow. That, yeah, not that long ago. And then, so you did this free restaurant job. And then, so your first paying job, did somebody just find it and want to hire you for something? Or were you still doing outreach at that point? How did that next thing come about? 
so it was, uh, yeah, they saw that video on Facebook and they were just like, we, we want that for our place. It was a, uh, it was a preschool in the area. You know, they, they just needed some, they were having trouble with their photos because they wasn't showing the depth and the, hmm. the size of the school itself. So you're like, I got uh, an answer for you. <laughs> definitely had a solution, you know, yeah. it, was a, it was a perfect solution, you know? So they contacted me and then um, at, shortly after that, a winery contacted me and then the local library and then um, the library, you know, a library. Yeah. So it, it, it's so funny, like the types of stuff make that sure you we, end up Make doing. sure we do this during library hours. I want to see <laughs> people in here yes. trying to study. <laughs> Drones right. so, yeah. And, and, and the funny part is you could do it during library hours because it's because it, it's safe, you know, and if the pilot is skilled enough, like it, the more people, the merrier. Like in the beginning, I, I was like kind of nervous. I, would, I was thinking like maybe it's better if it's empty. But now I'm yeah. just like have as many people as you want let's do it on a friday night kind of deal it would be way cooler because yeah. then we can have all kinds of sound cues it's that's the way to do it so um <laughs> I just, i'm just thinking about i'm just thinking libraries in general it's just it's a great comment <laughs> yeah. yeah so they wanted a, a before and after because they were getting ready to renovate and add a, okay. an extension onto the library so we did the before cool. video and then i'm going to be going back uh in probably april of this year to do the after video that's cool this is like a yeah. public library. Is like the city hiring you to do this, or? Uh, yeah, actually. So, uh, so the same kind of thing where you know uh, how Alex was talking about. You know, you do your town reel, and then you'll mm -hmm. you kind of get linked in with you know people in your town, and then that's kind of the same thing. Instead of but instead of a reel, I did that one fly through job right. for free. Yep. And then yeah, and then the city contacted me. The city actually ended up buying some footage from me. Um, and you know the library the preschool things like that and then shortly thereafter i started it started to get more reach it started to expand farther out um into neighboring counties and cities and things like that yeah. so from your business how much would you say at least you know in the last whatever eight months or so when you've been doing paid fpv jobs how much has come from like people just seeing your stuff finding out about you they're contacting you like inbound stuff versus you're doing active outreach and trying to actively get business. I'd say I'd say it's about 60% is organic reach people coming to me now. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas in the beginning it was completely the opposite. Uh, so um, now it's about 60% of the time they're coming to me and 40% you know I'm reaching out to them. Uh, everything that I'm doing that involves traveling that's all me uh, you know, reaching out to them sure. like I was talking yeah. about before, right, um, because right. I don't have uh, like national reach or recognition. So yeah. my local stuff that I did, you know, it got me going. It got me enough to, you know, keep money coming in uh, naturally. So, yeah, I'd say yeah. about 640. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like there's so much we could talk about, too. I don't want to go too long, but I do want to talk about sure. um, you mentioned pricing. Everybody loves to talk about pricing, wants to know about pricing. And so you mentioned now, you said at the beginning, you charge like whatever, $275. Now you're charging, you said like 1500 or two grand for a day. Like what is a typical, you know, somebody calls you for a job. They're like, Hey, I want you to fly through my restaurant or concert or whatever. I, I'm, I'm sure it might vary, but like, what is your kind of response in terms to pricing now? Um, so generally uh, if they're reach, if the, if the client is reaching out to you, that means that they like what you do. They saw your work somewhere 
and you're definitely in a better position to kind of uh, negotiate like and figure out pricing stuff like that. So depending on what your position is, you know, that kind of dictates. Uh, also, you have to look at the type of business it is, you know, um, for example, I work for like the Cavs, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Indians uh, and media houses cool. and things like that. Yeah. And when you're working with them, they, you know, price, like they, they, you can give them pretty much budgets. whatever price, you know, as long yeah. as it's not something completely crazy and you'll probably be okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, if it's a, like a, something I did recently um, for a, uh, a garage, like a car, like an auto body shop, you know, like a local auto body shop, you know, like you kind of have to judge the business you're talking to. Um, but typically now I'm around my day rate for like on site time is about 1500 a day. You know, mm -hmm. that's the, that's the average of where I'm at. And that doesn't include like editing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say that most of the time now I'm being hired as a specialist, like basically the company or the organization will hire me and all I'm doing is, is shooting, you know, I'm just getting the footage. I'm getting like the most amazing content that it can get. And then they, and I send it off to them and they do the editing and stuff like that. Okay. Which is, which is great. Uh, I don't mind doing it either way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, some of my work now still, uh, a lot of the local indoor fly throughs and stuff like that, like, I will edit. Uh, and basically for those, it's about in the 2k range, you know, like, okay. cause I, cause they're local businesses and you know, they're, you know, they're not like national big, big time corporations or anything like right. that. So, you know, and, and for that, I'm spending about one or two hours on site. Maybe I'll go out and do an hour of, uh, scouting if, if needed, you know, if they don't have any pictures or anything like that. And then, you know, a few hours of editing, um, and that enables, then enables me to, you know, keep it around, you know, no more than 2K uh, mm -hmm. for a full video with music and stuff like that. Um, and one thing I will say about the one-shot videos where it's one take going through a location, mm -hmm. they're yeah. relatively easy. They're pretty quick to edit because you don't have to do cuts. <laughs> right. There's not much you to edit other than your coloring and other, you know, sound design mm -hmm. stuff. Exactly. So it's like, so it's pretty, uh, so the my if you break down like my hourly rate it's pretty good um i would say very good yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah. so you uh so the editing is pretty pretty straightforward with the one shots i think the sound design of it is the probably the most time consuming part because you have to find uh suitable sounds and i have a, yeah. a website that i use for that uh soundsnap.com for for sound okay. effects Real quick, describe if someone doesn't know what sound design is. Give them a give us the the one sentence or one minute version of sound. What is sound design in a video? Yeah, so sound design basically is when uh, when the drone passes something that has a good sound cue, like a a tap on the bar or something like that. You would uh, have somebody that someone's pouring the tap. You would add in the the sound effect of the the beer filling up the the cup as right. the person in the video is filling it up. So it, it creates a, a lively. Uh, a, a more lively video kind of deal right right because like you're you're not really recording or i guess i don't know, do you go what are you typically shooting with camera wise on those fpv drones uh most of the time i'm shooting with a gopro especially for the indoor stuff because the mm -hmm. it needs to be small it needs to fly through small spaces so mm -hmm. it is kind of tricky getting gopro footage to look right color grading wise yeah. but i've done mm -hmm. i've um 
So, but the only thing you hear on the GoPro is just prop noise. Yeah, sure. sure. In the so, video, so you just you just remove that and you just right. edit your own sounds. Yeah. So when you're watching it back from your sound design work, it looks like it's quiet. Or like, let's say you're flying it along, like really close to the water on a stream, you might put in like babbling brook sounds or whatever. So it seems like what you would hear if you were there live, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. That's exactly yeah. right. So that kind of that's basically the bulk of your editing work. I guess maybe it's motiv- motivating too to get better at flying so you can do one take so that you don't have to edit as much on the back end. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that, that definitely does help. Uh, hundred percent definitely helps. Uh, the stabilization software that you use with GoPro works really well. So it kind of, you can make some mistakes, but it's really like, you can tell if someone's not, if they're new or something, you know, and it's yeah. bobbling and things like that. You can definitely tell. Yeah. 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 Um, what, what software do you typically edit? Are you like editing everything in premiere or do you have a different software or plugins and stuff that you commonly use? Uh, so yeah, I, use, I just use premiere. Uh, that's just kind of what I, what I learned on and, uh, yeah, following what I learned in the courses from drone launch and whatnot, it was a big, big help. So you're not using any other, like ex- other stabilization software, like you're just using whatever is like the onboard uh, for the GoPro stabilization. Oh, uh, so uh, there is a stabilization software that you use. It's called Real Steady Go, and yeah. what Real Steady does, it logs the gyro data. It takes the gyro data from the GoPro footage, and mm-hmm. it enables you to go in and kind of stabilize it yourself. You can kind of choose how stable you want it and how much mm-hmm. crop you want. Because in order to stabilize something, you have to crop in and crop, some, right. you know, so it could stabilize. Uh, and it gives you a little bit more control, and that's you know that's it's really really easy and user friendly to do. Is that a completely separate software from Premiere, or does it go into Premiere like a plugin type of deal? Uh, it's actually completely separate software, and it's a hundred bucks uh, oh, to you, yeah, and then you have lifetime usage of it. It's definitely wow. definitely worth it because that is much better than using the GoPros in camera stabilization. Gotcha. Yeah. So your your kind of workflow is you record your FPV stuff with the GoPro. You'll then run it through your stabilization software, and then you yep. edit in Premiere. Yep. With your smooth footage? Yep, exactly. Or I just send that stabilized footage off to their editing team or whoever I'm working with sure. if, sure. if I'm not editing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Man, I'm I'm digging all this FPV talk, but I need to wrap it up. This is going to be one of my longest episodes ever. So I'm like, all right, I got to ask one more question and then we get, then we got to go. But, um, Great. I, but if no, I could say one more thing really yeah, quick. Yeah, please. I was going to say, yeah, uh, yeah. If I was going to say, if you have any, any other pieces of advice or anything else you want to talk about, you know. Let's go for it. I would say, yeah, I would say that uh, the social media thing, uh, basically my strategy was just to do as much attractive content as possible and utilize social media in the best way that I could. And it turns out Instagram is responsible for about like 75%, you know, of my, of my work. Like most of the time people reach out to me on Instagram, awesome. uh, which is surprising. And uh, yeah. the Facebook groups as well, uh, sharing around Facebook did was a really big help for me too. So definitely... Uh, don't underestimate the the power of that when it comes yeah. to uh, marketing your stuff. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and and again, you have to actually post something for people to see it. So I know sometimes people get too picky about like, oh, it's just not good enough or this or that. And you know, yeah. I always tell people you can take stuff down later, but don't don't just never post anything because you always are critiquing yourself too hard. So right, right, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm glad you I'm glad you've utilized it and gotten to where you are. So. If there's, if someone wants to find out more about you, obviously we'll link up, you know, your 
Instagram and your website and stuff, but if someone's just listening, where would be the best place to either find out more about you or see your stuff or get a kind of get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, I would go to uh, vividflightmedia.com. Okay, and that's my that's my business entity, and that's what uh, you know. That's where you can find my contact info and some of my work and things like that. Sweet. And then you said you're on Instagram. Is this, is it Vivid Flight Media on Instagram as well? Uh, it's actually just Hellinger underscore FPB. Oh, okay. On, right. on Instagram. So so I kind of do, uh, like I said, like because a lot of my work is kind of freelance in a way. Uh, so okay. because they just hire me as a specialist. So I also inter- do that route as well. So I actually don't have a, a business thing for Instagram. I just kind of use my personal Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Well, we'll definitely, we'll link those up, but if you're just listening, those are the places uh, where you can reach out to Eric. So Eric, thanks you so much for coming on, telling us all your awesome uh, FPV journeys and walking us through it. And uh, I appreciate all your insights and hope everybody that was listening enjoyed. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I had a good time chatting with you. All right. We'll catch you again, Eric, and maybe have you on again in the future. Sounds good. Thanks, Dave. All right. What a great conversation with Eric. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope that has inspired your uh, inner FPV drone pilot to maybe go out and try something new uh, or improve your FPV skills. It's definitely a really cool um, section of the drone market that can be explored and um, capitalized on. Just a couple of reminders before we go. Be sure to check out Drone Launch Connect if you want a community of encouraging drone pilots to help you along your journey. We're not going to allow any negative Nancys in there. If someone's in there talking trash, being mean, being anything other than encouraging, we're going to kick you out because we don't need your $19 a month if you're going to be uh, a bully to other people or you're just not really going to be that helpful or encouraging. We want it to be a really helpful place. Everybody's building each other up, helping each other hit our goals, learn stuff, not feel stupid for asking stupid questions, You know, especially if you're a newbie and you're like, what is mapping, right? We don't want people like, ha oh, I can't believe you don't know what that is. Or what is this drone? Or I don't know what drone to buy. Like all these things that to some people are really simple and easy questions. Uh, we want them to feel like they can ask that stuff because the only way they're going to get better and grow uh, is if they have a place where they feel comfortable doing that. So we want that to be the environment and have experts to connect with other experts too. If you're like more experienced and you want to hire drone pilots, we got a spot in there where you can link up with other members in different areas. If you have jobs there and you need to get a drone pilot, um, that can happen in that space too. So check that out. Um, remember the two truths and a lie game I mentioned, and if you want a free t-shirt, leave us a review, but otherwise very excited to catch you next time. Adios.